Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am Luke. And I'm Tim. And this is another of our team-by-team off-season previews, looking back a little bit on 2022, looking ahead to 2023 for all 32 NFL franchises ahead of free agencies beginning in mid-March. Hopefully you've enjoyed the handful we've already put out and there's, well, you can work out how many more are coming because there's only a set number of teams in the league. (laughs) And today the wagon's going to roll into the AFC North. We're talking about Tim's beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. People may have heard of of them. Um, But before we do so, invite you as always to follow us on the socials at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com should you be so inclined. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave us a rating and a review. It's really helpful for us in uh, the mysterious soupy pod algorithms that we don't claim to understand but would very much like to tilt in our favor as we try and grow this thing and spread the good word by subscribing telling friends family pets strangers on the streets uh any ai devices that you've uh, developed in your own spare time that would also be appreciated but as mentioned without further ado god help us it's time to talk about the tim Steelers and uh see uh, just how disappointing a season just wrapped up despite the fact that they won more games than they lost. Tim, I will hand it to you for such disappointment. Yeah, Luke, you, 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 I think you got a sneak preview of my notes here. Certainly a disappointing year uh, for Steelers fans. Um, a 9-8 season is certainly better than an 8-9 season, but as we've discussed many times, only just. Missing out on the postseason was always going to be a year of transition for the Steelers coming off of the Hall of Fame career of Ben Roethlisberger into the murky waters of quarterback searching. Uh, The Steelers spent both a first-round pick and some free agency dollars last year to fill that spot with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Uh, Mitch kind of false started at the beginning, didn't get anything going. They switched to Kenny, I think, earlier than most people expected them to, certainly earlier than I expected them to. Tough start for the rookie with some interceptions early, though did have two game-winning drives in his last four weeks. Looked like an offense a little bit towards the end of the year, like maybe they had some stuff going on. Though I would note they were still not scoring a ton of points. So there does seem to be this trend in the media to say the Steelers have found their franchise quarterback. Some people are pushing back on that, particularly in social media, to say, have they? And, and I'm kind of in that bunch. I certainly think Kenny had um, fits and starts, looked okay, looked good, had had games where he looked great, had some games where he didn't look as good. Be interested to see how how the, the position grows and develops um, into 2023. But looking at the Steelers offseason a little bit here, moving into free agency with not a ton of cap space. The Steelers effectively zero dollars. Um, we talk a lot about cap space. You know, Luke and I don't have any magic cap calculators. We're using the same sort of sources that other folks do with the internet. Those are all estimates. Teams do not publish this information. They don't have to. Um, it's all based on the leaked information around player contracts. They tend to be pretty close. They're never exactly the same. The Steelers have somewhere between less than half a million over or below above or below the cap. Um, So not a ton of cap space, certainly opportunities to make some room, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, but certainly not entering the off season with a ton of space. Uh, They have seven draft picks. They have their own draft pick in the first, second, third and fourth rounds, as well as the seventh. They have a bonus pick in the second from the chase Claypool trade and a bonus pick in the seventh. All of it, comes to two picks in the first 32, which would normally be two first rounders, but uh, this year there is only 31 picks in the first round um, and a second before we get to pick 50. So our third before they get to the pick 50. So um, three picks in the top 50, certainly good ammunition for plugging holes in a team that does not have a ton of cap space uh, to address them with free agency. 
A couple changes for the Steelers in the front office. Um, We've had a significant assistant coach, the assistant head coach, retired uh, this week after 30 years with the franchise. You never know how those figurehead-y type coaches who've been there forever are going to impact things. It's a stability play more than it certainly is a position change or a position coach or a coordinator change. But uh, interesting to see that. And then Omar Khan has taken over as GM. That was last offseason technically, though Kevin Colbert stayed through the draft. So this is the first real offseason period for Omar Khan as the head man. Be interested to see how much of the Steeler way, quote unquote, uh, he keeps with when it comes to structuring contracts, uh, keeping free agents who have maybe are overpaid but have played well and earned the last year of their deal. Um, certainly some decisions for him to be making. Be interested to see how much that stays the same Luke any thoughts before we dig too far into what the Steelers should or shouldn't do this offseason yeah no I think you summarized it well Tim I mean it was all about transition it was all about evaluation really to go nine and eight in a year where you're starting a rookie quarterback a lot of young offensive skill position players um, have come off a couple of years of having terrible offensive line play but a strong defense you know I I think around 500 is probably where I expected the Steelers to come in before the year began um 500 obviously is no longer possible because there's one extra game but I think as always Mike Tomlin pulls it out the fire uh with your favorite statistic of never having had a losing season uh and yeah, Jeff Fisher had a lot of eight, eight years too there Luke <laughs> He had a lot of not eight and eight years as well, let me tell you. But we covered the Titans already, so I won't get into that again. The uh, Yeah, the, the evaluation, I think, of Pickett still remains a little bit incomplete. As far as the season in review, ends on a good note, started on a bad note, which is the way around I'd probably, you'd prefer to have it going into year two with a rookie quarterback. Sure, some signs near the end, there were some turnover problems, and he wears two gloves, which I'm, I just don't trust inherently. <laughs> Small uh, hands, tiny but hands. yeah. Yeah, I think I think going into next year, it's going to be kind of more of the same. Uh, George Pickens showed some promise. You've got Najee Harris. You've got some young pieces um, with Kenny Pickett. Hopefully they can grow together. So I think uh, a reasonably at-par season in 2022 and 2023 with some additions and some growth from the second-year QB, I think there could be some some serious strides made. Yeah, I agree, Luke. So looking into areas they need to make some strides, a uh, nice little transition from you talking about the offensive line. So the last several years of Ben Roethlisberger's career, the offensive line has been in a very significant period of transition, and that continued through the first year of Kenny Pickett's career. Um, the offensive line was terrible in the first half of the year. Uh, Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks Okorafor um, were certainly better late in the season. Both of them showed significant improvement from a pass rush win rate perspective they went from 87 percent to 92 percent both sides of the ball both sides of the ball at the tackle position from 87 to 92 percent pass wash win rate that's a lot of improvement quite frankly however those 92 percent would rank them at 22nd and 20th among all offensive tackles so better but certainly not elite and when you're trotting out a rookie quarterback when you're trotting out an expensive running back with Najee Harris on a first round uh, contract, you need to have an offensive line that's going to protect those assets. You need to have an offensive line that's going to open up holes for that run game to give Kenny some more time so that he can throw it to those young receivers that the the Steelers are so apt to continuously bring in. Um, So offensive line is certainly going to be a big theme of this offseason. I would be shocked if that first round draft pick is not a tackle. I would not be shocked if they pair a couple of those early round picks to move up and get an even better tackle earlier in the draft. 
Uh, the Steelers don't trade up often, but when they do, it tends to work out. So it'll be interesting to see um, what to do there. Secondary pass catcher is going to be another big piece of this. Obviously, the Steelers have one sort of notable um, veteran wide receiver on the roster. The Steelers don't traditionally give wide receivers second contracts. So when Deontay Johnson inked his second multi-year contract with the team, that was very notable. Um, big growth out of George Pickens uh, out wide big contact catch guy. They've got some other sort of young players at that position, but that's really it. Uh, got a couple of free agents at that spot as well. The Steelers are excellent at drafting wide receivers, have been for a long time. We'll see how much that's Kevin Colbert, how much that's organizational knowledge as we move forward. But certainly uh, secondary pass catcher is going to be a question mark for the team. Um, and then the last piece is obviously one of the league's most expensive defenses is going to need to get better without spending a whole lot of money at specifically the defensive backfield corner. We'll talk about some free agents in a minute. An inside linebacker, Devin Bush, is going to be a free agent. I don't think they can bring him back. Um, they've brought in a lot of free agents at that spot over the last several years. Mark Barron, Joe Schobert, Miles Jack, uh, with limited success. Um, they've been very susceptible to the inside run, which has beat the Steelers a lot uh, over the last couple of years. And as a fan of the Steel Curtain for a long time, that is an absolute abomination in Pittsburgh. You've got to be able to stop the run. And so I don't know if you see any other big holes in the team, but those are the three that sort of jumped off the page at me. Yeah, I think a secondary pass catch is interesting. I mean, drafted Calvin Austin last year, but he spent the whole year on injured reserve. He's a smaller, kind of shifty, maybe 5'7 speedster, so not sure he's going to ever have kind of full-time role, but maybe something can, right. can add a little speed to the to receive room. Obviously, Fryermuth is the other part of that uh, equation, and he's a, a very promising young tight end. But yeah, I think a, another receiver couldn't hurt. Um especially in the modern day NFL, which is obviously more pass centric and the Steelers hit so often on them. Like you say, why, why not take a swing in the mid rounds yet again and find the next Santonio Holmes or uh, Antonio Brown or Mike Wallace or insert million, millionth receiver here. I think I had corner and defensive tackle as kind of need positions as well as offensive line, which I think you covered well. Cornerback Cameron Sutton's a free agent. I'm not overly convinced with by the options at that position William Jackson was pretty up and down in Washington before the Steelers acquired him Levi Wallace I think is a solid player Akilo Witherspoon again pretty solid wouldn't hurt to add another piece there maybe or a secondary safety to pair alongside Minka Fitzpatrick could kind of fill that that role as well and defensive tackle like you say the run game defensively for the Steelers has been a bit of a sieve is probably overstating it but it's uh it's difficult uh, been difficult to stop apart from the magnificently named Isaiah Isaiah Loudermilk who's got one of the best mm-hmm. names in the NFL um, obviously you've got Cam Hayward on the defensive line Ogan Joby's a free agent maybe someone you could potentially look to bring back I don't see a huge amount of options with him leaving Chris Wormley also leaving as a free agent possibly depth of defensive tackle to kind of shore up the inside would make some sense as you mentioned Miles Jack's come in at linebacker maybe if you are able to be more effective on the front line. You can free him up to make some more plays roving around, which is what he sure. did well in Jacksonville at the time. He's a very fast linebacker. Um, but those were probably the main three that I had. And offensive line was the third one, which I think you, you already covered in. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of free agents in there. And I think the Steelers um, have a lot of a lot of free agents this offseason. Um, not a ton of big name guys. Devin Bush, obviously, is a big name out there. Former first round pick. Looked really, really good his rookie year. One of those players the Steelers moved up to draft. Um, you would have thought that, that was going to be good. Torres ACL never came back in quite the same way. Uh, Tyson Alu Alu is a free agent. 
made his name sort of rushing on the opposite side of TJ Watt. Looks like anybody can play opposite TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith's come into that same role and done very well there. Um, and so, you know, that sort of defensive end edge rush uh, in the three, four uh, has been good <clears throat> for the Steelers. They'll need to probably let him go. I, I don't think the money's going to be there to bring him back and given some of his injury history and, and losing some of his time, I think he'll be one that, that they let go. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, you mentioned is going to be a, a tough one to bring back. Um, Benny Snell Jr., who has been spelling uh, Najee Harris at times. The Steelers kind of had a glut of running backs there for a while. They went mid-round running back, mid-round running back with um, a couple of different guys and have been fine. Uh, Benny Snell is not going to command a ton of money. I think if he comes back for the right amount of money, the Steelers like to keep that kind of guy around. We'll see. I think the other bag, guy in the backfield be interesting was Derek Watt. Derek Watt, we brought in a couple of years ago, um, has played a lot on special teams, has played more at the fullback position the last couple of years, see him as a tight end at times, um, made some serious contributions this year in spot duty. So when he was given an opportunity, did well. Uh, be interested to see if they bring him back, and if so, at what price. Cameron Sutton's the big name. Uh, you mentioned him earlier. The Steelers announced today they were in negotiations with Cam Sutton. They want to bring him back. They think they can bring him back. He's not going to be inexpensive. Um, you're seeing $14, $15 million a year numbers thrown around um, for that spot. The Steelers are terrible at drafting secondary players. We could go through a whole podcast of the misses they've had in early round corners. Um, Poor Sequest Oh, God. That's not even the worst. But if, if, Listen, at the end of the day... <laughs> If you find one, you got to keep them. The Steelers let Joe Hayden leave. That was a mistake. They can't let Cam Sutton leave as well. Um, so corner is going to be a big a big question mark. Some other names you mentioned that we still have on the roster who may be looking to get the axe uh, to save some of that cap space they may need to go get Cam Sutton. The most obvious is William Jackson III. William Jackson III was brought in uh, in a trade last offseason season. Got hurt, never played it down. He's got a $12.1 million contract number. It is all base salary. There's zero dead money associated with it. He has a 0% chance of being on the roster day one. So William Jackson III's done. Mitch Trubisky's an interesting case. Get $8 million cap saving against only $2 million in dead money if they cut him. Uh, the GM came out today, though, and said, we want him around a long time. Having a veteran presence in the backfield and the quarterback room is useful, blah, 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 blah. Can you really pay a guy $10 bucks? to mentor your new rookie quarterback? I, I don't know. No, I think that was, uh, if I may, potentially a bit of a trade dangler. I mean, there was a Could lot be. of rumors about Trubisky as a possible starter last offseason. Like you say, he's not on a crazy contract, so maybe another team who's looking for a veteran backup or um, even maybe a, a guy who can compete to start might look to bring him in at a reasonably cheap price for one year and see how it goes. So in my opinion, that was probably more than likely trying to get maybe a, a late round pick back for Trubisky and um, maybe fish in the waters for another guy to back up Kenny Pickett. But equally, it, like you say, he's fairly cheap. Pickett's obviously cheap on the on the rookie deal for now, so it wouldn't be the end of the world to keep him around for one more year. Yep. The other names that I've got on the potential cut list don't save quite as much money outside of maybe Miles Jack. So Miles Jack's $8 million savings against $3 million dead cap space. Again, that interior of the defensive backfield has not been good. Be very interesting to see if they think he's part of the problem or part of the solution. Um, opportunity to save some money there. Akilah Witherspoon, only going to save you $4 million if you cut him. He played well enough last year. The Steelers generally give 
their veterans the last year of their contract if they can, uh, unless it's just absolute disaster. So I, I don't see that as a cut, but maybe Levi Wallace kind of in that same bucket. Um, Montrevious Adams got a little bit of savings. The, the one that everyone seems to be throwing around is Gunnar Olszewski, who we uh, got as a free agent from the Patriots a couple years ago. Um, he's cheap, plays a lot on special teams. I don't know. If we need $2 million, maybe they cut him. Um, any other names well, jump out at you as potential cap cuts, Luke? Yeah, I th- no, I think you covered them all. I mean, just an Olszewski. I mean, he's primarily like a punt returner was a lot of his role in, yeah, in uh, that's right. New England. And with Calvin Austin coming back from injury, like we already mentioned, maybe that's a position you give to him because he's an electric ball in hand type guy and say, we'll save two million bucks and cut a special teamer, which as you said at the very top, when you're wiggling around the edges of the cap position, it's probably worth uh, looking for those easy kind of cheap wins at positions which aren't that important and that's one of those positions so maybe that's a route you go now yeah no doubt and you know as, as far as how do the Steelers sort of fill these gaps um, with the exception of the cuts we just talked about the cap's going to be tough uh, they do have the ability to do some restructuring the Steelers have not shied away from restructuring to make room uh, to bring on some free agents I think given the quarterback position being as inexpensive as it is They've got big dollars already invested on the defensive side of the ball. If they're going to bring in big dollar free agents, it's going to be in that offensive line space. Um, There aren't a ton of names out there. There is the one tackle from the Chiefs who's going to be a free agent this year whose name escapes me. But, um, you know, we have a lot of draft picks, and I think that's going to be the answer for the vast majority of these sort of starting spots that you're trying to refill. Um, Maybe you bring back a couple of the guys on team-friendly deals if you can make that happen. Uh, But given the cap position and knowing you're going to need to sign a quarterback in the next couple of years, you don't want to get in cap hell where you're just pushing and pushing and pushing salary cap into the future. I think it's largely going to be a quiet offseason in free agency for the Steelers. Not uncommon for them, uh, but certainly I think we, we continue on trend in that way this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this uh, last note, I mean, to your point around free agency splurge, you know, Orlando Brown Jr. who's out there will command a big, a big, uh, chunk of salary and the Steelers are already paying twenty over 20% of their cap to two players in TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. Quite a okay. top-heavy roster, which is okay while you've got a rookie quarterback, but to your point, how many kind of stars do you want to have eaten up? You know, he'll be in the in that range. Um, so you don't want to have so much of your salary cap probably tied up in, in such a small handful of players, especially... Well, I mean, if it's Patrick's contract's salute. coming, real money's coming too, so... Right, exactly. So I would probably agree with that, but I think the draft with some good early capital and options to maneuver around puts you in a good position. Very interested to see how Omar Khan gets on. Obviously, this is a time of transition for the first time in forever in the GM chair. So very uh, interested to see how he looks to build for the Steelers uh, in the offseason to come. Yeah, Luke, and that'll wrap it up for us here on the Steelers offseason preview. Um, Certainly appreciate the listenership. Do give us a follow on the social media, on the podcast. You shoot us an email, halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you guys in that way. But catch us on the next off-season preview, the rest of the AFC North coming at you and every division thereafter. That'll do it for us today on the Half Yard Line. Bye-bye. Peace.